0: Everybody. it's Lee Jackson, America's finest watchman, here with you again, talking about watches, everything that's collecting watches, repairing them, how to buy them, how to fix them, where to get them, a whole nine yards, yay for me, alright, so if you're like watches, you are going to love these shows, Mr. Crazy, back with you again, I have done this for almost 30 years and still do it, I still love it. Love it, love it. Uh, something about wristwatches that just floats my boat. So the last time we were talking, we were talking about complications in watches and the kind of watches there are. Um, so I think I wanna do this episode on Rolex. I just popped into my little hot little head. So let's talk about Rolex. You've heard the name, everybody knows Rolex, everybody. I mean, I made a career of selling pre-owned Rolex and people can't wait to get their hands on Rolex. It's just amazing. It is the, probably the most recognized high-end watch in the world. So where did they come from? Where did they start? Okay, so let's talk about Rolex, and they're gonna do more than one episode, I'm sure, on this, but let's start. Rolex started with a man by the name of Hans Wilsdorf. And he was a German guy living in England, and he decided that he would get really good quality watches um, and put a name and just look for the best and really really come up with some excellent quality watches and he Wanted to name it and he didn't know what to name it. He came up and there are different theories of what it means Rolex one is uh, Horology exqueeze which means horology is the exquisite is the best, you know exquisite so if you put it together Rolex That's one of the theories, there's a few others, but nobody's 100% sure of where the name came from. But he started marketing under different names. He was marketing under Capricorn, he marketed under a few different names, I'm trying to remember the other ones off the top of my room, but they'll come to me as we talk. So he started coming out with these watches and one of his bigger watches in those days was um, a watch called the Runtz, which is a long skinny tank with two dials on it. And it gives you, like if a doctor were taking your pulse, they had a big second hand on it so it would be easier to make your pulse. So they called it a doctor's watch. And there were other companies, by the way, that made doctor's watches too. But Rolexes were very famous. They're very sought after today. And uh, the Rolex Prince is a very expensive watch. So Rolex was making some nice watches. They weren't making what they make today. They weren't making waterproof luxury watches in those days. They were just. And then Mr. Wilsdorf came up with the idea of making a water resistant watch. And no one had really done it, other than these gigantic-looking that you put on your wrist, you know, like living in a bathysphere or something. So he came up with a way to seal the case, and he called it an oyster case, like an oyster in the ocean. And they were pretty well sealed, and they were the first luxury sport automatic watch. It was real in the early '30s, and there was a woman that he had—I can't remember her name. God escapes me, but it'll come back to me too. And she swam, the English Channel was on her wrist, and when she got done, it was fine. And that was one of the things that started the whole deal. So Rolex was a very fine luxury sport, never really been done before. And to this day, it's still the same. They are the finest luxury sport watches you can get as a whole. I mean, there are a few different brands. Paddock makes a luxury sport watch, and Vacheron, and Audemars, and so on. But Rolex has the market pretty well cornered. They make some really incredible watches. The whole, the whole thing they did was two things. They made a water-resistant case, and they made a very robust movement that was automatic. Really good job. Nobody had really done a good automatic watch before Rolex. There was a company called Harwood that had made tried their hand at automatics back in the 20s, but I mean, I've owned Harwoods. They're okay. But they're not a great watch. Rolex really perfected it. And the watch they came out with that did the whole dirty deed for everybody will back. And that's one of my all time favorite watches uh, from Rolex. And it is semi round, it's kind of squared off, but the center is round with automatic movement. And what that means is the watch will wind itself. And how does it do that? It has a swinging weight in the back of the watch that goes around and around and around. And every time you move your wrist, this weight will swing back and forth and wind the watch. And in theory, If you wear the watch all the time, it'll never run out of power. It'll always be, which is true. Automatics do run that way. So these were not as popular then as they are today. Rolex was not the biggest name. Rolex was, they didn't really get big until like the 70s. Before that, they were kind of unknown. You know, they were a good watch. Like if you watch James Bond wears one in, uh, I think it's from Russia with love. He wears one and Thunderball, the original. Sean Connery wore Rolexes. Uh, Later on, they wore Omegas, but Sean wore original Rolexes that are very, very collectible today. So Rolex had this big, heavy case, and the back of the watch, if you Rolex, it has grooves on the back, and that's to grip it so they can kind of like a like the top of a jar. It screws down. And they put a washer around it, a rubber washer, and screw it down so water can't get in. The top of the watch has that really cool fluted bezel that everybody loves. It's kind of ridges like a roller coaster up and down, up and down, all the way around. That what that what The purpose of that is to hold the crystal in place and become water. So that's actually pushed down under pressure to hold the crystal in and it keeps the water out. That's why Rolexes have that big bezel bezel is the part around the dial on the outside, usually gold or stainless steel or some material like that. Um, They have different bezels. They have clip smooth, which I have a smooth Rolex bezel on mine, it's really nice. They have the fluted, which is the big, big, big one. Everybody knows fluted. Once you see it, you'll go, oh, that's what a Rolex looks like. And then they also have, and one of my all-time favorites is the engine turn bezel, which has little, or they call it an index bezel thin little marks all the way around it not not like a uh, fluted bezel where they're larger the space between each one is much larger these are right on top it's like a smooth bezel with grooves or lines in it all the way around it's called engine turned. it's my favorite or the index one love that one but it does you it looks more sporty on the watch because i've changed mine to one of those and it took away the beauty of the watch it didn't look like a really high class watch all of a sudden it looked more like a sport watch so it depends what you want they still make all of these, so you can still get a smooth bezel. You can still get all this stuff. It's it's all available. So as long they were not big watches, they were small. Today they're big. Back then they were little. But those were the granddaddies of what you see and what you wear today. Were the original bubble back, and there were other watches they made um, that were similar to a bubble back, but they were not automatic. They were manual wind, and those are all very collective Viceroy and there's. Oyster precision watches by Rolex that are look almost like a bubble back, but they're not quite. And the way you can tell is little kitties, the back of the bubble back has a bubble. Cause that's where the swinging weight is that winds the watch. So instead of it's a case, it's not a real thick case. So what they did was they added on the back, the part that screws on is kind of bubble looking. So it has room in there for the movement and the rotor, and that's bubble back, you just look at the back of the watch, you can see if it has that bubble, it's a bubble back usually. Uh, The other ones like the Viceroy's and the Precision's, they don't have that, they have a flat back, or flat bottom. Now Viceroy is a beautiful Rolex, it is a two tone, it's a very cool looking, very collectible watch also. I like the automatics, the movements that they put in those bubble backs, which ran from the 30s all the way to the late 40s, is a 19 joule automatic movement that's pretty good. The problem with bubble backs you know, Rolex is one of these companies that holds on to their parts and won't let them out. So unless you're a Rolex certified repair shop you cannot get Rolex parts. It's really hard. Uh, years ago, Rolex gave parts to everybody. You could be a watch repair and just buy Rolex parts. And then they decided to keep the parts in house. We don't want everybody to be able to get them. So they started being very, very territorial about their parts, and not letting them out. You had to be a certified, you had to be a repair shop. You had to pass certain, um, certain tests to become a Rolex repair shop that they considered, and then you could get parts. And now they won't give it to anybody unless you're a really good Rolex repair shop under their uh, watchful eye. So not only has Rolex done that, but there's a lot of other company parts virtually impossible to get. So that gets really expensive. Because if you had to send a Rolex in for service, you're talking about probably a thousand or more to service a Rolex. I mean, come on. That's expensive. I used to get them serviced for $150 because a Rolex is just a watch. I don't care what they say. The but it's the same movement as other movements, it's just better. But the parts are similar. So I don't know what the you know, what they think it's all gold. And it reminds me of their a couple of German motor cars that do the same thing. If you go outside of their dealers, Uh, First of all, your warranty is voided. Second of all, they have tools and so on that you can't get. Like uh, BMW has special tools. You can't just fix a BMW if you don't have those tools. And that's how they keep this very exclusive. So Relic started it and everybody else started doing it. So there's some companies you can still get parts for and there's some companies that are really hard. And if you pair a watch for, say, $200 versus sending it to a dealer for $800, give me a break. You can't, you know, I can't afford eight hundred bucks, especially when I was in the watch business selling a lot of watches, I could not do that. It didn't make financial sense at all to spend that kind of money to repair. And yet I had Rolex certified technicians working on my were really good and they were as good as if you spent a thousand or fifteen hundred. So it's all perception. If you make it exclusive, people think it's worth a lot more and it becomes much higher echelon and so on. And there's a a company called Richmond Group which is one of the largest watch companies and they own so many different watch companies. Uh, they they bought them, they didn't start them, they bought them all up. Like they own Vacheron and Piaget and Cartier and there's a whole bunch. And not let their parts out. To get parts for these watches is like NST, really, really hard these days. Uh, the only place to really get parts for them is, it's the only place I can think of you can get parts and it's not that easy anyhow. So Rolex has tightened up in the last few years plus, if you take your watch, Rolex certified service, and there is one thing inside that watch or outside that watch that is not genuine Rolex, Rolex will sell, will tell you a counterfeit watch. Even though it's not, they will tell you this watch is counterfeit. And that makes it extremely difficult for people like us that want a parts in there because they're exactly the same. There's no difference. They just don't say Rolex. So you can get a crystal that doesn't say Rolex, you can't tell the difference. You get links for your bracelet that in Italy that are gold or stainless, they look perfect. You can't tell the difference. But if you take it to a Rolex, do you see that any of that is in there? Even one link in your bracelet, they'll tell you the watch is fake, which is really terrible because when you're buying a watch and somebody says, yeah, it's a real Rolex, and then they tell you it's fake, you think the person's a crook. So when I was doing shows, I would tell people that on the air, I would say, hey, be careful if you take a Rolex dealer, they're gonna tell you it's not. It's just we put in a you know a link that's less expensive and I would give people the option of what kind of links they wanna pay because if you want a bank, which again is exactly the same as these other links, it costs you two, three times as much and people a lot of times don't wanna spend it. I mean, who's gonna notice? Never gonna see. You'll never tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. How can you? And they have all kinds of parts and I'm not talking about the real expensive internal parts of stupid things. You know, a, a mineral crystal that doesn't Rolex edges their names on it with a laser, so you can see Rolex in it. And if they don't see that in there, it could be exactly the same. And I have replaced crystals with aftermarket crystals that are perfect; you can't tell. So if you put on a dial that's not done by Rolex, even though it says Rolex on it, uh, that's they'll tell you that's fake. If you put a bezel on that's not a Rolex, fake all the bezel, it's fake. That's what they'll say now. A lot of times, if you take, say, a Rolex dial, what people, and we'll go into this. I'm going to take a quick break in a minute, but I'm going to talk about this when we come back. Say we want to make a Rolex dial, make a diamond dial. There's different ways to do it. Let's take a quick break here, and then we will talk about the rest of it. So here we go. Let's take a quick break. i'm back with you lee jackson america's finest watchman back 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 we're here we're there we're everywhere hooray for me so we were talking about rolex and what i wanted to tell you was say you have a rolex two-tone watch as a regular dial whatever color gold is called champagne or silver is called oyster and you say you know i'd really like to put diamonds on this watch i really think it would be cool to put diamonds on you can buy the dial from Rolex or a Rolex dealer and pay tons of money, or you can buy one. Check this out. They take a real dial, no diamonds. They completely clean it off. They add the diamonds and then they refinish the dial and it is a Rolex dial, remember, but it didn't have diamonds on it. So now it's a Rolex dial. It's perfect, brand new looking with diamonds and it on the watch. And yes, there's different quality of diamonds. There's different shapes of baguettes and rounds and all kinds of variations and colors. You can pick the color you like. I mean, Blue, black, red, whatever you want. Champagne. Rolex will tell you it's fake simply because they did not put the diamonds on the watch and they did finish the dial. And if you're a purist and you want to spend the money, God love you. But to me, it doesn't make a bit of sense to do that. When you get a dial like that, or you change your dial into something like that, the watch now, according to Rolex, is not real, so you can't take it to Rolex, but take it to a regular, uh, fix it for you, and I do know some, and they don't care, they don't care, what you know. it doesn't have a Rolex, who cares, one thing I will say about Rolexes, their dials are interchangeable, so you can take a Rolex, and you can put different dials on it, and there's lots to be had, there's real ones, and there's aftermarket. But again, they all start with a real Rolex dial. And you can change it. It's a big deal because you got to tear the whole watch apart. But I use it all the time. Find these really cool dials. Like Rolex made wood dials that were made of real wood. They have meteor, malachite. They've had um, lapis lazuli. All kinds of dials. Very cool. So one of the things that you can do, which is kind of neat, is... You get bored of the of the watch. You can change the dial. Yeah, it becomes like a new watch. Uh, my mother had a Cartier, uh, Panther, which is a solid gold little Cartier quartz with a white dial with the black Roman numerals. You know, a typical Cartier. And they lack it in for her. It's probably 30 years old. I said, let's change the dial. Let's make it different. And I had the dial change to a very light coral color. It looks stunning, so different and so the same. Gorgeous. Really, a nice look and makes the watch come alive. Looks like a brand new watch. So those things you can do. Can buy dials. They are out there, real ones, aftermarket. As long as they fit, they're fine. Doesn't matter. And different colors and all different materials that they have. Uh, I used to look for the weirdest ones because they were always so cool and people loved them. There's a dial made by Rolex called a Rolex Oyster dial, and it's just in the background. You see the word Rolex like a kind of like a crossword puzzle all over the place up down, ways it's really cool and those are cool that's just the background the rest of it has numbers and so on Rolexes usually have applied batons which um, and numbers on there sometimes they don't have the numbers sometimes they only have sticks sometimes they have numbers uh, another really popular dial and, and to this day I think it's still just as popular 20, 30 years ago as it was is a white porcelain looking dial with gold applied, big numbers, Roman numerals, really beautiful dial. Everybody loves it. And you can't just go back to Rolex and say, I want a different dial. I don't think, I don't know about today, but they never, you had to order the watch when you ordered the watch with that dial you wanted. So to get aftermarket dials is a lot of fun to change them. Um, I didn't roll a dial separate. I like to put them on the watches and just put them up and people would go nuts and buy them because it's a pain in the butt to uh, change the dials. Nothing else goes wrong with the watch, you're got a, you know, a piece of dirt fell in the movement or something stupid like that, you're to blame. So that's the kind of stuff I look at. Now art of Rolex that I'd like to talk about are bezels. Rolex bezels, we talked a little bit about the fluted bezel, the smooth bezel, and the index and the engine turn bezels. But what if you wanted diamonds in your bezel? And women especially like this on their watches you can have diamonds, rubies, uh, virtually anything you can think of put into a bezel. You can alternate it, you know, diamond, ruby, diamond, ruby, bunch of rubies, bunch of diamonds, all diamonds. It's all out there. The Rolex diamond bezel for a lady is over ten grand. to buy it with Rolex from Rolex. So if, if I get those watches, you know, put a real band and a real dial on it and a real bezel, I would always say, hey, I got the, you know, I got the real thing here. So I would tell you this is a real authentic dialer bezel. But you can also get them pre-made in aftermarket and the quality is in my book just as good. I can't tell the difference. Now, there are variations. You can have 14 karat bezel. You can have 18 karat bezel. You can have white, you can have yellow. You can have rose. What's in the bezel? What kind of diamonds? What's the quality of the diamonds? How big are the diamonds? The cumulative total is what you look at, you know, like a carat, a dot and a half. And when you go up, the diamonds get bigger and you can look at the quality. Now to buy an aftermarket diamond bezel, and I'm going off memory, probably two to 4,000 versus 10 to 15 for the real ones. So it's a big difference. And again, it's exactly the same. They are so good at making these that you cannot tell the difference. So you have a lot of variations with bezels you know, I've seen them where they have like a, a baguette emerald and then round diamonds around it and a baguette at the and a baguette at three and a baguette at nine. Those are cool. You can have emeralds, uh, rubies, anything. There's so many. And they look fantastic. And if you really want to trick up the watch, you put a diamond dial on it and then you put a diamond bezel on it. And man, you really got something women. Yes, they do it for guys too. Men buy Rolex President watches and they put diamond dials and diamond bezels on them too. Or they put... Uh, different material, all onyx for the dial, or all lapis lazuli, you know, and then they put a diamond bezel. It's stunning. Absolutely stunning. It's just a question of what the new thing that's been going on for the last I don't know, 15 years is to take a stainless steel Rolex and put diamonds on it because it looks like and they look fantastic because stainless and white gold are pretty close in color. You, you put them next to each other. You can tell the difference. But if you don't, they look very similar. So, a lot of times we'll take stainless bands and stuff and they'll put diamonds it's a hell of a lot cheaper than taking gold and doing it, and it looks just like it. That's a nice way to go, too. And a lot of big ones, a lot of uh, people are doing a Rolex stainless steel with 18 karat white gold bezel and then putting diamonds on the dial and changing the bezel out with a stainless Rolex. It looks fantastic. And the one I was talking about earlier is if you were to put diamonds all over the case you can put it on the band all stainless because gold is much more expensive so you can trick it out all you want you can make it as fancy and you could change it later you could take the bezel off and put a regular bezel back on or take the dial out and get a regular dial or a different kind of dialer whatever that's the fun part there are, i had so many parts i had absolutely rows and rows and rows and rows of different parts and i used every single one of them Any variation on a Rolex, people love it. It Doesn't look like everybody else's. And I've always said it, it doesn't matter if people notice what you have. What matters is that you know what you have. And you like what's on your wrist. That's all that really matters. And if you have never worn a Rolex, you have not lived. Because that's the minimum with Rolex. Because it's gonna last forever. As long as you don't beat it up and kill it, it will last forever. The parts are available. I know they're hard to get, but they're available. You can take a Rolex and still, There are parts available. It's not like they stopped making them or the company went out of business or any of that. Rolexes are big. They will continue to be big and have just gone up and up and up. What I wanna do one of these episodes is show you, take a Rolex and tell you what I would have gotten and sold it for 30 years ago and what it is today. It's doubled and tripled. And in the TV business, you're not allowed to talk about investments. People got saying that years ago. You know, buy this, it's a great investment. Say that. There was an FTC lawsuit against I think it was home shopping net one of the home shopping networks where people and they got in big trouble because you have to prove it really is an investment if you say it. So I never said stuff like that. I always said to people back then, I mean I wish it because it was true. It went way up. What I used to say to people back then was, if I have to replace this, get another one, it's gonna cost me much more than this one. And that tell what does that tell you? Tells you they're going up, and they were. They were always going up. And if you look back, they have just gone through the roof, especially stainless steel Rolexes became huge. Everybody wants them. The first country that went bananas over them was Japan and Italy. And I think China jumped in, which I heard they're not buying anymore because they cracked down. But China had a lot of money. They were buying a lot of stuff for a long time. But it's cool. Stainless is big, like a Rolex Daytona version of a stopwatch, a chronograph. The stainless is more than the two-tone. The golden stainless is more than the all-stainless. Go figure. Because people want the all-stainless. That's what's hot, that's what people want, is the all-stainless. and Isn't that wild? So you can actually do things like that. You can decide, and that's what I do, is I decide what is a better deal for me it's going to make more sense. It's not going to be as expensive and it's, there are a lot of low hanging fruit bargains out there. If you know what to look for, and we are going to go into this. So you have Rolexes that are still around. You can get bands for them. You can get parts for them. It is available. I know I said it's harder and harder. And that is it. There are a lot of people selling used parts. And if you buy good used parts, they're fine. They're well-made. It's not a problem. It doesn't have to be brand new. As long as it works, it's fine. I'll keep going forever. And uh, there's Rolexes, there's men's Rolexes, and then there's what's called mid-size, which is not the big ones, not the little ones, in the middle. And that's what women have gravitated toward is the mid-size because women wear larger watches these days. They don't wear the little ones as much. And then they made, now they make larger size Rolexes than when I was uh, selling a lot of watches on TV. They're much bigger. So they have two different sizes of the President, the two-tone Rolexes. There's a myriad to look at, but the prices have gone through the roof So if you buy pre-owned, you get a much better value for your money. And if you bite, meaning the right quality and the right price, you can really score. I mean, I wear a Rolex that's from 1973 and it looks absolutely, you cannot tell that thing is old. It isn't, it looks perfect. And you can either do that or you can wait it out and find those really gems that come by you at the right price and grab them. You have to have a budget and you have to stick to go crazy or else you can really end up paying too much. And the people that buy these really expensive, I mean, that's out of my league. Even though I've sold all that stuff, that's not where I wanna be. I don't wanna spend 30, 40, $50,000 on a watch. It doesn't make sense to enjoy a watch uh, for a lot less. And that's what I've always done. And I can buy a watch really reasonable and turn it around and get a lot of money for it if I buy the right kind of watch and fixably. Same thing with the, I watch all these car shows. All right, so this was our episode for Rolex been a pleasure love to hear you have anything to say uh let me know my email is leejackson tv at aol.com and i will be back next time with an episode of collecting watches with your friend and my friend i think it's me yeah it's me hello i'm me i'm the i'm the good guy I think. so have a good one everybody and i will see you next time on america's finest watchman collecting watches with lee jackson and see you later bye